number love all over the globe it's the vibe show podcast i am your host kano the don the vibe king and today we have a magical show today a treat for everybody i'm talking about we have a special special guest joining us on the show today i'm talking about author best-selling author international speaker championship motorcycle right racer which i can't wait to get into about that business leader musician, vocalist, this queen wears so many hats and just an absolute amazing person. I'm talking about the one and only Nadine LaJoy. How you doing? I'm very good. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Um, Let me take time now to apologize about the inconvenience. I know that you are a very, very important person out here. And I really, really, for me and my team, I want to thank you for this um, amazing opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, first of all, how how was your day? It's very good. Always busy, always working on different projects and different dreams and all that. So... Today I got my new car, so it's why I'm really excited. <laughs> what? What you get? Uh, I just sold a 350Z and I bought a newer 370Z. So wow. since 13 years, I was waiting for my immigration paperwork to go through. And I'm mentioning that because I know a lot of people, they, uh, they wonder about immigration and all that. Why is it so complicated? I don't know, but... For 13 years, I couldn't even have a loan here in the U.S. after I bought like 26 houses. So that's wow. pretty crazy. <laughs> wow. That is that. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm glad that that everything went went well today and that you were able to get that car. I wish I could take a ride in it. Man. So I want to before we get started um, with all of these amazing accolades that you possess. I mean, you were so many different hats like how do you how do you balance it all yeah, that's a great question and that's why i wrote my book win the race of life with balance and passion and the reason i have so many dreams and so many passion and so many things is because when i was young until the age of 25 years old i had that big hole inside of me i wanted to commit suicide even if i was good at at music, at school, good parents, good family. I had absolutely no reason. But I realized that my dreams were way bigger than my little farm uh, city that I was born in. And everybody was kind of crushing my dreams. So that's why I'm talking so much about dreams now. So when you start, uh, when you stop dreaming, you start dying. So that's why the first 25 years of my life, I was kind of trying to find myself. I wanted to be uh, traveling around the world, becoming an artist. You know, when Celine Dion sang for the Pope, I was 14 years old and I was there. And I was hoping she would be sick so that I can sing instead of her. Right. So that dream got crushed, too, because everybody was telling me, oh, no. And uh, I did a lot of different contests and I kind of never never made it. I did a couple of albums. But that's where my journey on the recovery of 
being a suicidal, to be a successful businesswoman, music, piano, sports, volleyball, uh, real estate, um, yacht racing. It's because of that big hole inside myself for the first 25 years of my life, which a lot of people have at one point in their life, about 66% of the people get that feeling of helplessness and despair. And that's right. why my mission now is to encourage people just keep pushing, keep keep going to your dreams and never give up. You know, I think that that um that's absolutely amazing to 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 take on that walk in life because I think that that it it, it is necessary to um to have people like you in position to motivate because sometimes we we can't find that direction. Like why why do you think that that um with not having that support system around you let's just say like you might have a great idea or have um a, a goal or something that you're trying to accomplish why is it so complicated for other people around you whether it be family members or um friends um do you think that they can't see that vision because maybe they might not have any dreams or why is it so far-fetched to them and that's a great question and as I always say, I think the society is leveling, is leveling people towards the mediocrity or the medium uh, the, to be the average. When you are extra the average, like when you are a high achiever or they call people a lot of ADHD those days, it's because those people, they don't fit in the box of the school system. Uh. And because of that, everybody since 50, 60 years, you know, like at the beginning that was manufacturer, everybody was working in the same place for 35 years and got a $30 watch at the end and their big pension plan. Right, but right. all that disappeared because now probably 70, 80% of the company the jobs and all that are provided by mom and pop shop, small and medium businesses. Oh. So it's why I'm so much into those three things. First is become a, an entrepreneur or business owner or have some passive income on your on your side, right? So right. this is number one. Right. Number two is live for a lifestyle. Because a lot of people, they want to give you advice. But those people are not even successful. Right. They don't have a lifestyle for themselves. So why would you listen to them? Right. Right? And the is to plan for the future. Plan your dreams. Plan your action plan. Uh, plan uh, at the level of personal, professional, and spiritual goals. So that's why I developed my racing system, my racing map and kind of a vision board and everybody knows about vision board but applying it every year on personal professional and spiritual is really uh, mandatory i would say for success and surround yourself with the people who have that same kind of mindset and um i was in the finance business financial planner for 20 years in montreal and i decided to come back in the business here in the u.s last year because 80% of the population are not served because they don't have the money to pay for the big financial planner or the big plan. And if you don't have a million or half a million, nobody talks to you and nobody takes care of you. Right. So that's why, as I said, the society 
kind of evolved into a different ways of doing business. Nobody has pension plan anymore. Nobody has job security anymore. But the school system is still in learn, retain, um, all that, and be a doctor or or a lawyer or have a job and do your 40 hours a week and be happy with it. Right. But people don't fit in that mold anymore. Right. You know, that that's interesting that um it's interesting that you say that when it comes down to, to the school system, um and you're right, we are conditioned a certain type of way, um, as youths to um and, and, and where where it, it stems too from our parents which were taught that way as well. So it kinda it's like something that's being passed down for like, oh yeah, you know, Go to school, learn this, learn that. But then, you know, as you go to school, the things that they're teaching you, you know, kind of sort of, you know, halfway apply when you actually get out into the real world. And you're like, well, I mean, all of that time I went to school, I'm not even utilizing in half of this stuff. Yeah, not even 10%, I would say. <laughs> right. And and I think that, that that's, that's a way to, um, to kind of set you up for failure as well. Yeah, because people don't do what they love. And when you are in school, and I know I went to university as a bachelor in actuary, actuarial science, which is one of the, is the second uh, hardest bachelor to get, and I never used that. Right. And people get discouraged in, in, in a high school or college or university, and even if they do all that, they go out. And they don't even have a job in what they studied for. Exactly. So the system didn't adapt again. So it's why a lot of people, they are entrepreneurs, and it would be better to take a couple of seminars or, or a six-month or one-year class. Like plumber are making more money than a lot of people who get out of the university. Right. Right? Right. But we kind of, the society kind of look, over them and say, oh, yeah, the manual job is not important anymore. But that's why those manual jobs, now they are making so much money. A mechanic or a plumber are making more money than most people out of the university. It doesn't right. make any sense. Right. Would, would you say that um, working for a Fortune 500 company as opposed to working for um, a smaller business um do do you think that um the 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 fortune 500 companies more so look look at you more as um a number or or really don't really see your skills all the way as opposed to um possibly a smaller a smaller company that actually appreciates you more and and can actually see your you know and, and appreciate the things that you that you bring forth. Yeah, of course, the bigger is the company, the harder it is to be recognized. Because if you are in a company with ten thousand people instead of ten people, yeah. it's probably harder to be recognized and kind of go up the scale and all that. And and especially for women, 
and I'm not a feminist at all. I'm more a tomboy than a feminist. But uh, the stats for women in the Fortune 500 company, only 4.2% of the women become in a CEO position. Right. Only 4.2%. And wow. so, so that's, that's why a lot of people, men or women, they really need to prove themselves more and more those days because it's so easy to replace a 50 years old or 60 years old senior manager who is probably earning 100,000. They will hire a new, a new venue, a, a new, um, a new fresh out of school yeah. for probably 30 or 35. So they can replace you by three people. Right. And it's one of the reasons also there is. So there are so many older people, I would say 45, 50 years old, if you start, if you lose your job, it's really, really hard to get back into the, into the big manager and the big salary position. Right. And it's another problem of, of the way that the system works because everybody wants to make more money, which is, which is okay. But at one point, you cannot replace one person for the third of the salary and just say, oh, thank you, goodbye, 50, 50 years old, uh, go back on your own, because those people are, are really in a bad trouble and they don't find job within six months or one year. What do they do? They go and they try to find a company that they can start, but they starve. Like starting a company takes three to five years. Right, right, right. Right. And so that's why I'm so much an advocate, and I, I love to speak in front of uh, business group, women's group, entrepreneurs association, and all that, because everybody has to start from scratch in a corporation or as a as a business owner. But as a business owner, you have to wear all the hats: PR, marketing, social media. Uh, training, technology. You have to do everything, but it's really hard. For most of the people, because they study at school, it doesn't teach anything about business. Right. Anything. Right. Right. What, like, with, with, and it seems like, you know, like you're on fire about this. And, and, you know, you, like I said, you go around the world and you, you teach these seminars. Like, like, with, like, what really, like, like before, you know, you you were doing this like what really like fueled you to 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 change lives touch and inspire people like before you were doing this what were you what what, what were you doing before that actually i wanted to be an actuary a bachelor of actu in uh, actuarial science so i went out of the car of the university and at 22 years old in 1991-1992, which was the end of the recession. Right. So all the actuary was earning $80,000, $120,000 a year, and all those jobs disappeared. Like all my friends, they all lost their job besides two, I think. So between 92 and 95, I never got my dream going in, and so that's where I got really into my big depression up, the, uh, up to the age of 25. Because right. when you study for so many years and put all your effort and your energy into that, then you realize, oh, the life is not giving me anything of that. Right. And I was a secretary at $18,000 when my goal was an actuary to be at least $80,000 living in California 
or Australia, but I was still living in Montreal in my little studio in about six feet of snow <laughs> and minus <laughs> 30 degrees. Right. So it's why so many people, the, um, and I talk about that when I spoke in school, why so many kids, teenagers, or young adults, they completely quit. They, like the, the, the suicide rate is going up. The, uh, not finishing your school, how do you say that in English? The dropout, yeah, right? the dropout, the rate, dropout right. rate is going through the roof because people realize whatever I do anyway, I will never get my dream because I will never get my job that I want because most of their friends and most of their family, they never work in the field that they studied for. Right. That's a fact. That is a fact. Wow. So, you know, it's it's just so interesting. Like, you know, listening to you, you, you talk about that and, and seeing your accomplishments and where you come from and, you know, listening to your seminars. Um, I, I just, I, I get so inspired by it, you know, and at the same time, it's like, you know, the average person would think that, hey, you know, it's 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 easier said than done. You know, it's like like I I, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, and, and and they're like, oh yeah, well you know, you go to these seminars, and you know they're always you know telling you about their which yours is totally different from you know these other seminars, but they're always telling you about how great. You know, are showing you the wealth aspect of it, of of what they've accomplished, and you can get this Ferrari too, and you can have this house out in Malibu, and and all of this stuff or whatever. Did you attend seminars before you actually started to um, conduct your own? Actually, it kind of came together. It's only in two thousand uh, when I was twenty five years old. Finally, I I saw a little ad about. It come in the financial business, you will earn over $40,000 a year and work uh, 40 hours a week. And because the financial business is one of the top five or the top 10 business to be on. So that's right. why I'm building my agency right now. And I'm, and I'm building other agents to do what I, to accomplish what I did. Right. But when I started that business, you don't have a choice to be positive. You don't have a choice to read to listen to uh, CDs, to go to different uh, sales seminar, personal growth seminar, presentation and all that. So that really allowed me and forced me to become a better me. Ah. And that's why those seminar and books and tapes and all that are so amazing. And one of my favorite one is, of course, Les Brown that you know. Yes. Uh, I'm co-author with Les Brown in the book Fight for Your Dreams. And this guy had I don't know how many how many YouTube channel and all that, and people are listening to him like from all over the world. Yes. Why? Because everybody needs all the little step and all the little sales tips and strategy <clears throat> and building your business and build it. But to build a big business, you will never be able to be, to build success and business if you don't build yourself. If you don't increase your self-confidence, your um, your joy, your self-consciousness, 
So if you don't grow, your company will never be successful. And the analogy that I give with my motorcycle racing, because, you know, I raced at 180 miles per hour, became a champion motorcycle racer, raced against 75 guys at Daytona, blah, blah, blah. But one of my best analogy of that is if you think you are going fast, it's because you are going slow. Oh. And if you think you are going slow, it's because you are going fast. So what does that mean yes. is when you start racing at five miles per hour and your skill level is at 20 miles per hour, you feel slow. Right. But if your skill level is at 20 miles per hour and you're riding at 40, now you are over your head and everything is kind of too fast around you. Right. And it, when you start to race at 180 miles per hour and your skill level is at 120, you feel fast, but if your skill level is at 180 and you ride 120, you feel slow. So in business, it's the same thing. If you think the business is kind of going too fast and, oh, you don't have time to do this, to do that, about the PR marketing and all that, it's because you didn't grow yourself and your skill level to the level that your business is. And that's why a lot of business, they fell apart. Because the business grew too fast for what the owner or their teams were able to absorb. Oh. And we call that like growing pain, right? Right, right? If you grow too fast, a lot of businesses are failing, not because they are not successful. It's because they didn't work on themselves and their own skills. Make sense? Yes, ma'am. That that make that makes a lot a lot of sense. And you know what? This is the first time that I've ever heard it broke down like that. I like I like how you use the metaphor um, with with the speed. Like that that makes a lot of sense. So basically, you know, working on 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 self perfecting self first is the first step to success. Yeah, and in the meantime. Right? The other way around is the paralysis analysis. People want to know everything, but they never do anything. So both needs to be always in balance. You grow a little bit, you learn a little bit. Or you learn more and you grow more. But it always needs to be pretty much equal because how many people we know, they have two doctorates and they do nothing. Right, a lot. Right? So it's, it's a balance between your skills and your team skills, like bring the right people at the right time and all that. And I built six businesses and a couple of them, my, my, my team was not able to grow as much as the business. So it's why we were never successful on those couple of businesses. Right. But it's part of an entrepreneur life. We have success. We have failure. We just need to learn from everything. Right. How do you pick, how do you decide um, who's the right um person to bring aboard on the team and and how important is that do they have to match your energy or how how do you how do you how do you make this make that selection like you know what this person is a great candidate to bring aboard so again you need some people to kind of uh complete you they are not 
they are a little bit like of you because me, I'm riding at 180 miles per hour in everything I do. If I have somebody who is really slow, speaking really slow, and takes two weeks to make a decision, that will never work. Right. But if I got somebody too, too similar to me, it will not work either because we are both running at 180 <laughs> miles per hour. We can crash and we can die. Right, right, right. right. So you need... The, we need kind of uh, kind of a mix of of that, and of course there is some kind of personality test that that, that I, I usually use. And some employees, I have one of my best assistants. She was with me for two years and a half, like amazing. But the company grew too fast, and she decided to part to to go on her way because she felt that she could not follow the growth of the company. Oh. And sometimes an employee is good this year, but maybe in three years, it's not a good fit anymore. And for me, I think the three values are really honesty, because I hate people who are cheating and lying I cannot, or stealing. I cannot live with that, right? Honesty is, is, the, the, is one of the things. And um, intelligence, because if somebody is a little intelligent, you don't need to be super smart. If you are a little intelligent and you follow the instruction, everything is a learning skill. Gotcha. Right? Everything is a learning skill. I didn't do motorcycle until 33 years old. I learned how to race, how to win, how to do my own mechanic in two years. So oh. everything is a learning skill. And the third one is the capacity to adapt and being flexible. And again, as motorcycle racer, if somebody is crashing in front of you, you need to change your course and you need to be able to go back into your course without crashing with other people. And in life, life is the most, more of the biggest motorcycle racetrack ever because every day you have curveballs, right? right? Every day you have a challenge, you have a problem, an employee problem or family problem, car problem, whatever. You have problems every day. And if you are not able to adapt and kind of go around it, to kind of put your knee on the ground again and rebuild your confidence and, as I always say, I'll say, like, dance with your bike. Go with the flow. Even if it's 180 miles an hour around you, you need to be able to be serene, to be calm, and to be able to breathe. So right. whatever challenge you have, the important thing is to stay true to yourself analyze the situation and react quickly or quick enough so like that you don't crash and you don't die wow uh, you you became um a millionaire at the age of 41 how do you with with obtaining that that type of wealth and and success like coming from um and and, and i'm assuming building from nothing to something um, how do you remain humble and, and how does one handle that type of wealth and what, what does that feel like? Oh, of course it feels really good, <laughs> but again, challenges arrive in life, right? And when I fought for my immigration for 13 years, it slowed me down and, and I'm at the same place now than I was nine years ago. And it's kind of frustrating because when you start to attain success and be successful and you have challenges that kind of slow you down, which happens to everybody all the time. So we need to don't take it personal 
And same thing, when you are really successful, if you start to be cocky and kind of overlook over people and don't help, because everything in life is about give and take, right? It's, it's an energy flow, right? Right. And if, if you don't let that energy flow going, of course, at one point, it will kind of disappear. There is kind of a circle in life. It's kind of a spiral, right? right. And, and then you get successful. Now you have to integrate the, the growth. Like Instead of having a growing pain, you need to work on yourself. And, and now the next step is getting your company to the next step. And there, all companies, they attain a plateau, like the, the, the glass ceiling syndrome, right? right? A lot of classes are talking about that. And I... I and I, and I got a lot of seminars about that, too, because once you attain a plateau or a glass ceiling, you need to do something different to be able to be successful even more. But sometimes you do something different, and it kind of kind of uh, uh, shoots you in, in the foot, right? Right. So it, it's, it's always a flow of energy, and you need to be always in movement. And like motorcycle racing, if you stop in the middle of the racetrack on the straightaway from 180 miles per hour to zero, too many things will happen. And in business, that's what people do. They get overwhelmed a little bit, and now they kind of stop everything. Right. And now they are wondering why five years later their company gets bankrupt. Because they stop growing themselves and they stop improving their company, their system, their business, their technology, uh, everything in the business needs to grow all the time. And like, if you stay in your comfort zone, if you don't put your knee on the ground, if you don't push too much, somebody will pass you. And that's what happened to me at Daytona Bike Week. Okay, on the Sunday morning, it was raining, and half of the people didn't show up on the racetrack because it was raining. Right. And I was there, me, myself, and I, no mechanic, no tire people, nobody. I had to change my tire for the rain or the, or the, or the dry. And what I did, because I didn't have time to change both tires, I changed only one for the wet and one for the dry. And eight minutes before the start, I decided which style I'm changing now. Wow. And, and when I did that, that's why I went to, to the racetrack, and my goal was just to go with the flow. And, and when I saw that half of the people didn't show up on the grid, like something switched in my head. I'm like, okay, this is my chance of podium. So we were 75 guys, and I, I was the only one or maybe two ladies on the racetrack. We qualified the top 38, and I qualified maybe 11 or 14, something like that. But when I took the start, I was telling myself, just breathe in your helmet. Get to the first corner, be smooth, right? Because when you do too drastic change in your life and in your business, that's where you crash. Uh. And all the racetrack, I was telling myself, go with the flow. Breathe in your helmet. Put your knee on the ground. Go to the edge, and the last three or four corners, and now realizing that I will finish the race, which was the first time since 1982 or 84 that a woman were on the on that big grid. And I started to think, oh, 
be sure you finish the race. And now that little negative answer came back. Mm-hmm. And I kind of rolled off the throttle a little bit. And one guy passed me. That's why I finished third, because I could have finished second. Oh. And it's a big lesson in life that I learned from that. And because everybody was happy for me, of course, I was happy to finish third at Daytona. But I was so close to finish to finish second. The guy was on my tail all the way, all the race, supposedly. But I never let it go because I was always running on the edge. Right. And as soon as I kind of set up in my comfort zone, which a lot of people are doing and living their life right now in that comfort zone, somebody else passed me. Wow. And in business, this is exactly the same thing. What like, what was there any other um, any other motivators or or bike riders um, in your family? Like, what out of all sports? What what made you um, have that passion for riding? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, since I was young, I always loved sport by the crutch rocket style and I had a couple of friends who had some and they loved riding with me on the back because I was kind of feeling the bike and they didn't feel me so they were putting their knee on the ground and we had a lot of fun but of course I was not allowed to do that because uh, my dad didn't want me to ride with those guys so at 16 years old I made my dad buy a bike from his um, <clears throat> from one of his brother they were Harley people so my my uh, my dad bought a Virago 750 when I was the age of 16. So I wanted to do my uh, to pass my class, my 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 driver's license. Right. So one day on the Sunday night, the, the Sunday during the day, everybody's on their porch, like everybody's family, my uncle and my aunts, everybody lives, like uh, all neighbors in the farm city that I'm born. Right. And of course, when my dad came with me. 200 pounds, the 750 pound bike, and I was 94 at that time, I dropped the bike. So the first ride that I got, my dad said, it's your last ride. So I never got my license. But I was a volleyball player and I went, I I went through the championship, like uh, in Canada, I finished nine in the national Canadian championship and I'm at five foot one. And I played against five of my friends. They were we were training for the Olympics for 2004. They went, but I didn't go. I'm not sure if I would have qualified, honestly. But still, I was still training with those five ladies. And in 2000, I broke my knee for the fifth time, and I had to have a surgery. And I kind of never came back from that. So it's why when I got my surgery, I bought my first bike. I was 30 years old, and I put it in my living room in Canada because I didn't have a shed or a garage, and I put my Christmas tree on it and all that. <laughs> that was my dream. Right. And I know that volleyball and piano is really what saved my life. The passion in my life, those two passions, now I had one disappearing. So it's why I had to replace it for something else, and I said, okay, what can I do? And that's really uh, what I did. Realized one of my dreams, and uh, I, two, a couple of years later, I was on the racetrack already. Right, man, that is like, and 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 using using those metaphors, um, basing it on on your experiences, as far as um, being a champion bike rider, I just think that that that's absolutely amazing, as well. Yeah, and I think that's what made 
seeing me different when I go speak to different events or training and businesses. I train employees. I do team building, leadership program, all, all that kind of stuff. But the motorcycle, I think, bring a lot of images. And when I have my PowerPoint with my picture of the crashes or my picture of my trophy, it's, it's really impactful. And, and one other analogy that I would like to share with you is really the multitasking. Because this society, as I said, they, they really want to focus everybody in one box and you can be successful only at one thing, right? Right, right. And if you are doing too many things, they call you a jack of all trades or or did you know it know it all and, and you never be able to be successful because you're doing too many things at a time. Right. And me I'm believing more into the new way of thinking. It's more kind of being a Renaissance woman. Everybody told me that I am one of them. And I know that more and more people are in the Renaissance era. And right. more and more people have to be multitask. And they have to be flexible and learn many different skills in their life. Right. right? But the trick of it is... Like a racetrack, let's say if I go practice, my first practice on the racetrack, let's say I want to focus on my corner number three. You always need to focus one step at a time. So if I go practice for 10 minutes on my corner three, okay, I need to be two inches between that crack and that crack, and I need to look there. So you have like a, a benchmark, right? And you need to practice that for the 10-minute session. Right. And the same thing with another corner, the corner 11 or whatever. But when you arrive at the race on Sunday, now all the pieces of the puzzle are kind of coming all back together. Right. 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 But the mistake that people do, and that's why a lot of people, they think people cannot be successful at many times, and I'm a proof of that's true, that we can do that, is because they try to focus on too many things at the same time. I have different businesses, so let's say if I work for two or three hours in one business, I'm working on that business only. So I have to do work on my real estate in the afternoon or, or uh, do something else the day after. It's a matter of time management and focusing for two, three hours at a time on one specific project or one specific skill or training or whatever. Don't try to do your phone calls while you are making your laundry, right? It, right. it doesn't work. And the same thing in the insurance business right now, I'm training uh, different different agents and myself too, because that there was many years I was semi-retired from that business. It's how to focus and how to manage your time for two, three hours in a row. You focus on that. After that, you take a little break and you focus on something else. So that's why it's, more and more possible of people to be successful at many, many different things. And I don't believe the human being is distant. Their destiny is just to be successful at only one or two things. I think the the human being is infinite. And we don't even use probably 10% or 20% of our talent and knowledge. Right. How... With 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 being in the business, being successful, um, doing many seminars, how how do you feel about um, social media 
and and do you think that um a lot of people waste a lot of time utilizing it in the wrong way or how important is is it to you that's really important to me and to everybody should be important but again it's not a fact it's it's not positive to sit down on social media for two three hours and just see what the other people are posting right, right? you need to have a balance again 15 20 minutes in the morning 15 20 minutes at night you do your own stuff because the social media is the best pr tool for free we ever we never had before. right if you want to put an ad on tv or radio or a billboard it would cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars Right, absolutely. Now we can reach everybody with the target market and all that. So we can use that social media as a platform. Instead of putting ads on a newspaper about your services, you're putting an ad or you're posting into your social media. But there is a lot of different components that they are moving around. And most of people, they are on Facebook personal, personal ways, right? right? Or, or Instagram or YouTube or LinkedIn and all that. And they are just there to look at the race, right? There right. are three kinds of people in life. There are the people who are in the race, in the front of the race, and they are leading the pack. So these are the leaders, right? Right. You have the other people who are following. They are still on the racetrack. They are still in action, and that's pretty good, right? Right. But they are not maybe in the top 10, but it's, it's okay, right? right? And the third kind of people are the people who are watching the racetrack or even doesn't know that there is a race. Ah, okay. So they, in, in the race, following the race, and watching the race. Yes. So it's why on Facebook, probably 80% of the people are just watching the race. And they are bitching or complaining or talking about politics or religion and getting arguments and all that. So it's it's not the purpose. I'm sure it's not the purpose of uh, uh, Zuckerberg, right? Right. And actually, right. I saw and I have a picture also on my website with uh, Randy Zuckerberg, the sister of Mark, right? Because right. she was the marketing brain behind Facebook. Oh, really? And a lot of people, a lot of people, they don't know that. market 
my platform, my inspiration and all that. But social media really helped me a lot. And within three years, I, I was able to speak in the biggest, biggest stage uh, in 2010. I barely spoke English in 2007. Right. Why? Because I was able to brand myself to do the PR, the media, and everybody was telling me, my coaches, they were, oh, you need to decide if you are a speaker or a singer, and the motorcycle racing, just forget about it. <laughs> and they <laughs> wow. were telling me, a lot of people, they were <laughs> telling me, oh, forget about the TV and radio. Like, your accent is way too strong. They will, that will never fly. And a few years later, people are telling me, oh, your accent is so charming. Oh, that's why you are so much on TV, media, and radio. Right. And your motorcycle racing is so fun. So, again, my point here is never listen to anybody around you who never accomplish what you want to accomplish. Uh. That's the bottom line. Never listen to people around you discourage you or naysayers if they didn't accomplish what you want to accomplish don't listen a word of what they say wow i'm writing all this stuff down that is you know and 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 that that is that is so so real what you just said because it, it's always those those type of people that try to um uninspire you or try to derail your vision you know because uh they they don't have a vision or they don't they don't have I mean, people don't even have don't dream about anything anymore have big dreams or or or, or anything it's like I, I don't i don't know it's like we're living in a different type of time right now Do yeah you... because people got discouraged too easily and the biggest problem i think is people are thinking they can be rich quick with no effort, no work. That doesn't exist. If you work hard, if you learn, if you propose yourself or if you push yourself to the limit every time, at one point you will be successful. Right. But it's not a get-rich-quick thing. Right. Those those things never last long at all. Do you, do you think that... Um, so mo most people are um, afraid to, uh, and, and I don't want to say uh, put in the work. Um, like, let's just say this. This, for instance, okay, like having having direction, and I know that um, certain things may seem like far fetched. With you know, you can get to a certain level on your own, but then you need to to connect with the right people to try to get um in the space that you're trying trying to get to um do you think that support um why, why do you let me ask you why do you think that um support is almost one of the or have become one of the hardest things to 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 receive now and and it's free because it's it almost seems like negativity outpowers somebody trying to possibly do something positive. I I think the people don't get support because they don't look at the right place. Uh, okay. Like when I became an author with Les Brown, right? They said, "Oh, you, your book needs to be ready because 
when we are uh, number one best-selling author, that would be the best way for you to promote your own book. Right. But I learned from him. If I talk to everybody uh, around me, I don't know nobody who wrote a book in, in my in my area, right? Right. Or I don't know, uh, people ask, uh, like often, because now I'm back in, into the finance industry, a lot of people... Finally, they talk to their kids or their wife or their or their brothers or their sister-in-law. Oh, finally, don't do that. It's not good. Yeah, but those people are poor. Why would right. you follow their advice? Right. right? And, it, it, and the support, if people don't know where to go, just call me. I'm telling you, I will find you a place you can get support. Because there are so many seminars, so many books, so many uh, tapes. Everything is there. It's just you need to be in the niche you want to be. And one of the things that I like to, to always say is don't ask a fish to climb a tree. So if you are a fish and you want to be a bigger fish and go to bigger pounds and all that, don't ask your, your sister-in-law or your brother or your mother because they are a tree. They are two different people in two different businesses. Don't ask any advice for anybody that has never been accomplished what you want to accomplish. Don't it's ask It's so important. Fish. And from then on, after that, you will find support is really easy to get. But it's not in your circle of friends or family. I can tell you that. That's a fact. Most of the cases. That's a that that. that <laughs> That's that's about ninety percent, I think, or, or maybe more. That that's true because even I, um, I experienced that. Now let me ask you this about um, a sp how do you feel about spousal support? Like how you know, not having um, what what if you don't have that support from your spouse? I know sometimes that could or or your spouse might be a, a, I guess an indirect support, but don't really have visions or anything like that. And I know that kind of ties into what you were saying, but it does kind of affect you in a way being that that's, that's, that's your, your, your partner. Yeah. And I think there is two reasons why you don't get support of your partner or spouse or family or friends, right? right. First, they don't understand or they are not in that kind of business. So it's a dead end, right? Right. Second is if you become successful and they are not successful, they became jealous or they feel bad about themselves because, hey, why? And, and that's, that's where when I started to be successful, maybe it took me about three to five years to be successful. Like at the beginning, I had problems to make 18000 or $22,000 my first two years. And in my fourth year, I made over 200000 because I signed up one client, $125,000 commission. I made him wow. save $10 million tax-free for $1 million of his investment. How good is that? That's amazing. But until that point, nobody was looking at me because I was not that successful. But after that, even people who want to be successful, they are afraid to ask for help because they don't want to look stupid or they don't want to do the work, like you said. Right. So it's why it's a matter of jealousy, kind of, because if that person becomes so successful and you are not following, you have a problem. Not them, yeah, right. you have a problem. 
Wow. So that's why, again, it's a balance, and, and, and people, and they don't support you on maybe only one thing, but they are probably supporting you on other things. Just just stop fighting about that one thing that you would like their support, and they don't give it to you. Right. And I know it's easier said than done, <clears> but <throat> it's, it's, it's following the people who are, and they, they always say, you are the average of the top five people you are hanging around with. Right. When I was in Montreal, when I was really successful, my, I have five, ten friends, really successful, having barbecues, racing. And like I was hanging out with a lot of people who were successful and in that mindset. Right. But, but if you start to hang out with a couple of bad apples, right, right, it's easier It's easier to kind of get back in your comfort zone and the average American or Canadian are watching 35 hours of TV. Yeah, exactly. So that's one of the things that I cut in 99. I didn't watch TV for many, many years. Wow. So there is, again, kind of a, kind of a trend from your friends and your family. But if you want to be more successful than them, stop listening to them. If one of your family is really successful, just follow them. Like, ask questions. Ask them to go have dinner. And even me, like uh, my friends and family in Montreal, so many times a bunch of my friends, they were calling me, hey, I need to pick up your brain. Okay, it's fine. Let's, let's go have a lunch or a dinner. Right. But a lot of people, they are too afraid to ask for help. And a lot of people business coach, mentors, speakers, they are there to give back to the community. Right. And that's why we do what we do as a speaker, coach, author. We want to give back. Right. And we want to inspire people to get out of their own limits, uh, own limiting beliefs, so like that they accomplish more. And there is nothing more uh, inspiring for, for somebody like me or like you, somebody will watch you, uh, listen to your show and say, oh my God, that inspired me so much, I changed my life. Right. That there is nothing and not better feeling than feeling that you really help somebody to get out of the cocoon. Yeah, that, that's the ultimate, to me, that's the ultimate, um, the ultimate payoff right there when you can actually um, help somebody. You know, or inspire somebody in some type of way, or get them out of some type of mental slump. Or I, I think that that's one of the greatest things to me. That's one of the greatest feelings. Yeah. Now, to um, if anybody um, wanted to connect with you, uh, get your books, get consultation, um, attend one of your seminars, or anything, um, can we put those platforms out there in ways that they can connect with you? Yes, of course. The best way is probably NadineCoaching.com. And uh, people can get my uh, three different kind of coaching. And, of course, my uh, my phone number is there and everything. And I, I give also a free consultation, and I have a, a free video training already online. So people can listen a little bit more about me. And uh, I just hope people become a leader and become a high achiever. One of my plans is the high achiever plan. Let me ask you this. Is it, um, I would, I would absolutely, um, and I know that your time is like, it's super, super busy. You got to come back on the show whenever you get some time. You got to come back on the show. Oh, yes. I can talk to you for three 
weeks in a row. No problem. <laughs> I don't. I never lack of material. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, everybody that's on live right now, anybody off for all the listeners, um, you guys log on to www.nadinecoaching.com right now. It has everything that you would possibly need to get connected, to get inspired. It's right there on the website. Everything that you need. That's www.nadinecoaching.com. Um, I am very, very grateful and honored for this opportunity. I'm serious. Like you have, re- I got so many notes. Um, I've so much inspiration. I just, I just really, really thank you so, so, so much. Thank you so much. And again, um, we will try to arrange something to get you to come back on. I will, um, get with who I need to get with to try to get you back on here again. My email is going crazy right now with so many different questions. So I really, really thank you. I'm wishing you more blessings, more success in everything and keep touching and inspiring people daily. Thank, thank you. you. You too. Thank Thanks you for so your good much. work. Absolutely. It's the Vibe Show Podcast. I am the host Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and you have been listening to the one and only Nadine LaJoy. Thank you so much.